You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From Champa Bay, this is Pucks and Balls. Now, now, who's ready to light the lamp? Here's Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's going on and happy Friday, hockey fans. Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, a brand new Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games, practices, storylines from your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week. So be sure to download that Odyssey app to make it the most convenient possible to have those brand new Pucks and Bolts episodes waiting for you every single morning that there is a new episode when you're getting your coffee, getting your workout in, or on your way to work. You can catch up on the newest episode of Pucks and Bolts, and you can also stream Pucks and Bolts on any of your additional favorite streaming platforms. Guys, I am Casey Hudson, joined by the one and only Kaylee Mizell, and it's time for us to get into the brand new Pucks and Bolts episode. Kaylee, good morning. Happy Friday. How good morning. You? Yeah, happy <laughs> Friday. It's a great day. Not only do we have back-to-back lightning games, but Casey, my girl, the queen. I knew that was coming. She <laughs> dropped her album. I'm already like six songs deep. I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but I am pumped on this Friday. I haven't even had my coffee yet but I have had Taylor Swift and that gets me going, <laughs> man. So I'm ready to go. Oh, man. And funny enough, as as not your typical T-Swifter over here on this side, I was waking up to text messages like, hey, did you hear this yet? And I'm like, guys, I'll, I've just done like two Taylor Swift spin classes. Give me a minute to continue to ease into it. And I mean, the Whoa, amount of people that were wondering if I woke up at midnight to check out um, all things oh, yeah. Swift. I, I was did surprised. not stay up. No, I oh. I didn't stay up because I knew we had to do this, and that is yeah. <laughs> that I would wake up early and listen to Taylor. Got got my girl on repeat. So, uh, and and I have you know some other things on repeat as we get into our breakout, Casey. What are you feeling? Not only do we have a new Taylor Swift <laughs> album, we have a new Lightning Reverse Retro jersey, mm. and uh, there's been a mixed reaction. So I think it's I think it's uh, they brought back the flames. They brought back that <laughs> uh, you know that a little bit funky, like that wild, like ah, kind of right. <laughs> Wow, you know that's the best way to describe that, Kaylee. Actually, yeah, I just, you just have to describe it with a noise that you can't really, you know, there's nothing else that can describe it. So, <laughs> um, it's it's you know the white chest, blue bottom, gray shoulders going into the black arms with a the lot of sleeve white, action, white and yellow lightning bolts. <laughs> All of the numbers are like the rigid numbers of lightning. Um. So it's interesting. It's certainly yeah. interesting. I think that they leaned into the ironic, um, <laughs> over-the-top feel of this. And there's been mixed reactions. Some people are like, it's so bad, it's good. And some people are like, maybe it's just bad. We saw the lightning lean into that on social. They totally leaned into it. They definitely yeah. did. Where <laughs> do you fall on the scale of it's so bad, it's good? 
and it's like ironic and they just leaned into it or like, I don't know if this is the purchase I'm going to make. Okay. I guess, thank you for simplifying that for me actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was such on the border of it. Mm -hmm. I think I, I, I have bought into the, it's so bad. It's good. There's okay. for me. And then I know that you threw it up on Twitter and got so much feedback. I threw it up on Instagram and kind of tried to put the little fire sign to see how people would go. And it was split decision of how many people did not move the bar to oh. how many people put like full fire on it. And then some of the people that loved it and leaned into it, I was surprised. I was so surprised. So for me, it's, it's so bad. It's good. Will I buy it? Yes. Because you know, I love this team. I love covering this team. And you, you kind of just have to have all the things so that you yeah. can look back at it at one point and be like, yeah, actually it wasn't so bad. It was good. It was just bad, but Cheers to Tampa turning into a hockey town and being able to make decisions like that, right? So will I buy it? Yes. Do I love it? No. I think there's just way too much going on. I think they needed to hone in more on a theme, not all the themes, if you will. So you don't need flames and waves at the bottom of the jersey and this and that and then the retro letters and numbers. It's just I kind of said this to you and Spencer before the segment. There almost needs to be an epilepsy warning attached to it. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's trigger. Sure. it could yeah. trigger people. I think whenever they put out the, uh, the, all of the pictures of the guys in the jerseys and they're like in this like nineties, you know, maybe eighties, like just, I guess technically it would be nineties. Um, like weird, you know, like roller rink. Yeah, like the over the top, like everything in 90s was just over the top. I think, you know who wears this the best? One it of the guys. might be Killer. Oh, like, yeah. Or I like Colton. Killer is like throwback on, vibe. He, he's like on like a wired telephone, <laughs> like a cord, like it has a cord to it or it should have a cord to it um, type so of telephone. True. And he's just like hanging out him. And you know who else? Cherny. Cherny. Uh, that surprised me. Cherny is a very more serious approach. And then he's just strutting in this retro. Yeah, but I, I'm kind of into it. Here's the thing. I think that it works for them. Like the team can pull it off. <laughs> I don't think this is a purchase I'm going to make uh, for me. In. I, I, you know, maybe like I'll, maybe I'll get like a hat and like do like a funky, if they like, if they like make a hat version, maybe I'll like lean into the hat. I love the logo. I, I think the only thing that I'm maybe like, it feels like too much is like the letters. I don't like the, the lightning. Oh, if like, you will. yeah, I don't like the yeah. letters, That's but I think it is. I mean, they leaned into it so well and, uh, it is, it is one of those things like it's so bad. It's, it is kind of good because they did just <laughs> lean into it, but you're right. It has to come with a warning and, uh, and you might look back on it and, and be like, what were we better thinking? Not. <laughs> um, so for those reasons, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, spring the money to, to, to get that one. But, I'll get it first and see if I can change your mind. Okay, yeah, you get it and then wear it, and then I'll be and then like yeah, style it, do a yeah. styling for me, and then I'll and then maybe I'll change my mind. We'll reconsider the following, but I need to see it because it looked good on Killer, it looked good on Cherny. Will it look good on Kaylee? I don't know.
we yeah we got to figure that out a little bit closer but seeing as how it did look so good on the guys they also kind of started flexing some new wear in practice yesterday yeah. um and speaking of practice some good news tampa bay lightning fans and pucks and bolts fans is uh it looked like flurry participated in practice we know that he was out previously which is where nick Perbix got his nhl debut and did quite well if one would say um but kaylee you said it best, and this is probably going to be one of my favorite things that we do throughout this Pucks and Bolts season, but it's time to get to the Cooper Shuffle. Oh, yeah. Coop did what? Threw it he in threw the... it in a blender. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lime and a coconut and mixed it all up. So we've got some new fun lines that uh, I'm psyched about is they kept the top the top line of Hagel Point Kucherov. Mm-hmm. Second line is the first one that got thrown in the blender because you've got Killer Stammer and Nemestikov. We talked so Ooh. much about Vladdy being this, you know, potential Swiss army knife okay. on the rise here. And because of maybe that power that power play goal assist that he had with Stammer, they're like, hmm, we're, we're feeling a little bit of a buzz here. There so is some him. energy there for sure. Right. So loved that. Then we get to this third line of Ross Cole and Nick Paul and Corey Perry. You have mentioned Corey Perry's veteran presence, what he brings mm -hmm. to any line that he's on, and the fact that he is typically more of a scorer and that yep. he should be ramping that up as we start getting these guys' legs going throughout the season. But love him and Ross Colton staying on the same line. It feels like there might be some sort of connection there in terms of communication, leadership on that line. But Nick Paul, Paul throw him in the middle? Yes, I love Nick Paul in the middle. And here's why. I, I'm pretty sure Paul and, and Colton had a little bit of time together last year. And it. it worked out good for yep. the Lightning. So I really like that pairing. I think it's going to go well together. I'm a fan. I knew that you were going to say something about the third line because you yes. and I talked about this during playoffs. They did yes. have a little bro bromy moment, um, and I feel like they're going to feed well off of one another. And yeah. then for that fourth line, who, you know, you don't expect to, to really just go out there and do all these crazy things. But they've typically been a bit of a an energy picker upper, if you will, yeah. minus fighting. Um, so you've got energy Maroon Belly and then uh Koka and Fortier working through, you know, that last leg there. So yeah. then we've got some deep pairing switch ups. Chernak and Hedman staying at the top there. And then we've got Sergey and Perbix that Ooh. are looking to kind of see what they've got going there. Kind of okay. like that mix up. We know they typically do want to have a younger guy with a veteran, and it's crazy to look at Sergeyev and call him a veteran, if you will. But that's yeah, his status his status has now risen. Uh, mm -hmm. Cole and Footy and Flurry and Myers is is about the same. So, um, and I'm pretty sure Cole and Footy were working together last as well. So just small minor changes there. But that Cooper Shuffle, it's one thing to look forward to, yeah. whether you're nervous about it or not. But that just leads me to an offensive conversation that we have to have before we fully dive into the preview of everything going on this weekend. Kaylee, it's time to get into Kaylee's corner. Give us some points to go, to go over. Give us some main takeaways that Bolts fans need to be privy to before we dive on into our storm watches. Okay, perfect. And Casey, I'm so glad that we're starting with this because there's two things that are overarching points that we need to keep in the back of our heads as we go through these next two storm watches. And frankly, as we go throughout the season, because there's been some patterns early on 
in this lightning game. And so one thing that we talked about, and now that I have the data to kind of back up is that the lightning were taking a lot of shots, mm -hmm. um, offensively speaking and five on five action, they were taking a lot of shots. They outshot the flyers in that loss. But what was happening was the shots just weren't going in. And that's something that is an ebb and flow thing. And, and it's going to happen. It should start turning around. So I want to give everybody hope that it's not like the offense doesn't just suck all of a sudden. It's not like they can't just <laughs> score goals all of a sudden. No, they're doing the right things. Um, John Cooper always talks about process over outcome. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just, again, just speaking offensively, they're doing the right things about getting shots on net and and really pushing the game and that perspective. So here's some numbers to think about. They've only had 1.67 goals per 60 minutes through their four games so far. And that just doesn't line up with how many shots and how many high danger shots they've put on net because their expected goals is actually over three per 60 minutes. So it just doesn't line up. And that's not even that like statistic doesn't even account for the actual shooting talent that we know that this team has. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, you know, it, it doesn't always account for, for the, uh, moments in a game. And we know that this team is able to step up in big time moments. So here's what I'm, saying overall what does this mean Kaylee the shots will start to come it's not they're, they're they haven't come exactly right now but they will start to come because this lightning team they are uh they're they're a good team offensively they're really getting things done and they're really adding some shots on net um so that's just one thing to keep in mind the other thing is defensively, Casey. So switching gears, what's happening with this defense? Did did everything just blow up because they got rid of Ryan McDonough and Jan Ruda and Anthony Sorelli, who's a shutdown center, is, is out? No, not everything's blown up yet. Let's not, you know, don't hit the panic button. It's going to be okay. But here's what they need to do. The lightning... They've actually been able to uh, really resist guys and keep guys out of getting a ton of shots on net. In fact, they rank in the top 10 in, in like not allowing that many shots. But what's happening, Casey, is the shots that they are allowing are just too good, good of quality shots. Mm -hmm. So it, it's this area that's right in front of the net and the defense is allowing way, way too many shots from that area. And if you look at where the Rangers, the Peng Penguins and the Flyers have scored, it is in that specific spot. So what do the Lightning need to do? They really need to force people out from the front of the net and make them shoot along the edges. So they really need to be defensively. They have to be very sound in front of Vassy. They have to be able to keep Vassy's eyes open um, and get people out from the front of the net because you cannot allow those high-quality scoring chances, which is what that they 
have allowed. So that, you know, as we go into these conversations about the Panthers and about the Islanders, keep those two things in mind. Offensively, they're doing great. The shots will come. Defensively, they're not doing as bad as you would think, but they are allowing too many high-quality shots from this area right in front of the net, and that has to change, Casey. Get ready to pivot into one of the best parts of the day. That's the Stormwatch brewing in as the guys headed down to Sunrise, Florida yesterday to take on their rivals, whether you want to call them rivals or not, the Florida Panthers. And um, one thing to keep in mind, especially off of Kaylee's notes as we dive in a little deeper here talking about the Panthers, is that the Panthers will be playing without Aaron Ekblad, who we know is a key contributor on that team, uh, a force to be reckoned with. Does it completely mean, hey, uh, we don't have to worry too much about the Panthers. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, we know that this can turn into a bit of a bloodbath. Kaylee and I got slightly into this in the last Pucks and Bolts episode. And as Kaylee said, don't hit the panic button quite yet. There's been so many question marks around the offense and the defense. So I'm going to kind of lean a little bit more into your offensive points, Kaylee. Yep. Because Last episode, I'm over here a little frustrated, and I'm like, what's going on? How did they let up on the positives? How did they completely give away the game in the third period? Almost yet again, as you mentioned, they did the same thing versus the Penguins. Um, and a big part of that to me is the fact that I've said it once, I'll say it twice, I'll say it three to four times more. Players have to step up and help Stamkos, who's the sole owner of six of the Bolts, 10 goals over four games. And Alex Kalorn had spoken to, I believe it was Eric Ehrlichson, about offensive slumps, saying that he's been in one for the last six months and they know how to get out of these offensive slumps, if you will. So with that said, that just completely bounces off of what Kaylee's saying. They know what to do. This is not a new position for them either. This is a team that has been a part of slow starts, maybe not as slow, according to, to, to Coach Cooper. And is it worrisome to a degree? But no one is completely worried yet or counting out this team in its entirety. Um, when it comes down to kind of reviewing the guys that are leading the charge on this team, your top five players are as follows. Stamkos, Kucherov, Nemestikov, Hedman, and Perry. Uh, typically, you see that, you know, that trio that everybody loves to talk about when you're talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning, Stammer, Kuch, and Hedman. Um, so it is great to see Nemestikov already in the mix. But to just to kind of pull things into a tighter perspective as they get ready to match up versus some quality guys on the Florida Panthers, you've got Stammer with six goals, one assist, seven points, plus one, six penalty minutes. We know penalties is something that they do have to reel in. They can't be on the penalty kill all the time and think that they're going to generate any offense. Um, and 45.5% on faceoffs. And you got Kucherov, who this is where I can really say – do not panic, Bolts fans. You've seen Kucherov's statistics in the beginning of a season to where you would almost be like, how involved is Kuch? But then you see his assists, and then you see his points, and then you're like, yeah, he's in there. He's that he's that silent ninja, if you will, because come the middle of the season, he just has these ridiculous statistics, and you're like, where the heck did these come from? I and and it's not always in in the goal total. He starts racking those up at just these wayward moments throughout the season. So he's a guy you never want to count out. Zero goals, five assists, five points, minus three, 12 shots on goal, 21, 49 total time on ice thus far. And then you hit Nemestikov, zero goals, three assists, three points, uh, two minutes in the penalty box, seven shots on goal, 27.3% on faceoff. Edmund, zero goals, three assists, three points, minus two. So a lot of the minuses that are hitting your top five guys on the team, that's a problem. 
because it means when they're on the ice, they're playing more of a defensive position than generating an offense. And they're going to go against a team that has three top guys that are really going to turn it on and generate offense. Um, so I've got this little thing I was telling Kaylee about beforehand, Pucks and Bolts fans, problematic players to keep an eye on. We've got Alexander Barkov, Sam Bennett, and Matthew Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk, this team just played the Flyers, by the way, and beat them. So that kind of, that stings. If anything, the Lightning need to go in with a chip on their shoulder because they should have beat the Flyers and the Panthers just beat the Flyers. Um, in that game alone, Matthew Kachuk had two assists. And FYI, he leads the team with six points over four games and two goals. So you got to contain a guy like Matthew Kachuk. And the Kachuk brothers are a force to be reckoned with on any team that they are on. Right, Kaylee? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And Casey, as, as we get into some other conversations about the Panthers, this team always plays the lightning very, very hard. And this is a start to a back-to-back game uh, against some very physical teams that you have played the Panthers and then the Islanders. Yes. So my, my biggest thing in going into this game is don't, don't play in to the pettiness. Don't get petty. <laughs> Let's just stay physical bait. Let's stay away from it. The Panthers just know how to get this this lightning team riled up. They just they feel like a thorn in their side sometimes. This is also a team that's going to come in with a huge chip on their shoulder, specifically against the lightning, because you swept them in the playoffs last year after they won the president's trophy. Mm -hmm. They're pissed. They are going to come in and you're going to their hometown. So they're going to come in and they're going to try to bring it. They're going to try to bait you. Don't play into it. Don't let those penalties pile up. Don't play in to the Panthers game. Keep your game, play your offense, and really go in there and try to bring that presence there because you don't want to get into a power play situation and multiple power play situations where the Panthers are, are owning the ice and are really trying to do that. This is a good Panthers team. There's not much let off from, from last year to this, this year. Um, they're still going to be a very good team this year. And, and you have to go in and you, I don't think that this lightning team is going to overlook this opponent, but right. you can't play into and let them bait you into playing a way that you're, you shouldn't be playing. Stay I think you just said one of the most out of the penalty things. box. Yeah. Yeah. You just said one of the most important things about that physicality. Um, and we know this team loves to be physical. They love to try to piss off the lightning and oh, yes. try to get them out of their game. And they have been able to do that before. And what makes that worse is that if they do force the lightning out of their game and minimize them generating any sort of offense, they've got the goaltending to shut them down even further, if you will. So you made a great point by mentioning the power play here and how this, you know, we know that the lightning penalty kill has typically run to the top last season. If you will, this lightning team had one of the best defenses as well as goal goaltending. Uh, they finished the season ranking sixth in goals against per game and seventh in shots against per game. So 
finding that identity again, building off of that identity is going to be important, but then you're going up against a Florida Panthers team that is 33.3% ranking fourth in the league and power play percentage. Um, they are at 26 for the penalty kill. So the lightning do edge them on that. Face-offs, the Lightning will have a nice little slight edge too. Uh, Kaylee, and you brought in some major statistics on the last Pucks and Bolts episode about how the importance of face-offs and winning those face-offs and when they do win those face-offs, how it translates to opportunities on goal. We know success starts in the circle. Um, And then it comes down to this goals for and goals against situation where uh, Tampa Bay goals for ranks 15th versus their 30th and goals against Tampa with Tampa wins out again, 14th to their 22nd. So they're in prime position to do well. It's just, I think if anybody listens to one part of this podcast, it's what Kaylee said about not letting this team get them out of their game. Mm -mm. Because while they're not the most, they're not, they're not that team that I would say is equally physical as they are, you know, fast, which is something Mm -hmm. that I've mentioned here multiple times. That's what throws the lightning on their heels and kind of throws them out of their game even quicker. This is more of that very physical team that tries to force you into playing their game and their fastest contributors are guys like Carter Verhage, which it still stings to see him in a Panthers jersey, just kind of, you know, living his best life. Well, we we saw glimmers of that with the lightning, but um, that really shows you how much team and system plays a huge part and what people will do. And um, a little last nugget that I'll drop when it comes to this Panthers team is Florida has put up 142 shots, fifth in hockey, and has a shot percentage of 9.86% while allowing other teams 128 shots. So this goes back to Kaylee's corner. They have got to work the shots, and eventually, hopefully, they will start finding the net. If a guy like Alex Kalorn knows he needs to step up and what it takes to get out of slumps, he needs to bring that veteran presence. He needs to bring that knowledge. He needs to bring that leadership into this doubleheader this weekend because they're going to need it on these back-to-back teams. Um, They certainly will. And I just wanted to say one more thing, Case, and, and, and it's a big reason why I said stay out of the penalty box because six of this team's 10 goals are on the power play. So just, just to hammer it home, you know, Ugh. you really got to not give in to the pettiness. Stay <laughs> strong. Take the high road. Um, Turn you, know the other really, <laughs> you know who's really good at that, at drawing penalties, is actually Brandon Hagel. So he's a player to watch in this game. Um, because he's actually really sneaky good at uh, at at really drawing those penalties. In fact, if yeah, you guys he remember, he got two penalties uh, the other night, and he he really kind of drew them in um, and, and was able to the give hooking the and the tripping. Yeah, yes, exactly. Give the bolts an extended <laughs> power play where Steven Stamkos just went ham, and uh, you love to see it. So, giving those opportunities there. So, being careful to not be baited, but also drawing those penalties yourself. Great idea to do. But Casey, this is just the first game of a back-to-back. And uh, these are going to be tough teams. This is a tough, two tough opponents and the Lightning coming off of off of two losses. They really need to turn things around. So the Lightning are going to come in this weekend and tonight, especially with a chip on their shoulder. But they need to continue that chip as we get into storm watch number two, because there's a lot of storms going on this weekend. (laughs) The Lightning will take on the Islanders at home. And this is the start of the Islanders back to back. So the Islanders come into town and they'll take on the Lightning and then they fly down and take on the Panthers. So 
The Islanders are coming off a 4-1 loss that they did not like to the Devils. Uh, it, it, it was not a good look on their part. And Casey, in fact, they they said, and this is going to get me straight into my first point, Barzell said, that's a fast hockey club over there. They make a ton of plays. They hit you with a lot of speed, and we're turning pucks over and feeding it to them. So what do the Lightning need to do offensively? Well, I already told you, they're getting a lot of shots on net. They need to continue to do that, keep up the speed against this Islanders team because that's exactly how the Devils just beat them 4-1. So you need to play into that game. They can't handle speed. Barzell literally just said it. They cannot <laughs> handle speed very well. So go in there, play fast, get that north to south game going and get shots on net, which you have done very well. This Islanders team is coming off a loss, and they know that they cannot handle the speed, um, and and they have a long road trip ahead of them, and this is the first game of back-to-back games for them. So they're going to try to come in strong, but it's your home court, and this is the opportunity to get your first home win you got to take Matthew Barzell down you got to hit them with speed because that is an area of weakness for this Islanders team a thousand percent and another perfect tee off Kaylee because that takes me into my problematic players to look out for um this Islanders team and where we we crazy enough we have so many chips on shoulders and revenge and redemptions when it comes to this double header this weekend because of what went down between um the Tampa Bay Lightning and both these teams the Islanders yep. have been embarrassed by the Lightning if you so will say uh when it comes to that Eastern Conference showdown multiple times um mm -hmm. and one of the times, I think it was actually the last the last matchup they had in Easter Conference Finals, I said this team is just going to overly heavily rely on Matt Brazell to get the job done. And that's what they did. I'm pretty sure even Anders Lee got hurt, and he's kind of one of their other Swiss Army Knives there. And speaking of Swiss Army Knives and problematic players, Anders Lee is my number one player. He's the number one player statistically for the New York Islanders right now. Lee leads the team with two goals, three assists, five points, plus one, but 10 minutes of penalty time. So we talk about Brandon Hagel drawing in those penalties. Yeah. A guy you can do that with is a guy like Anders Lee. He loses his head very easily. Sometimes he's a quick one to antagonize on the ice. And I feel like if there's anybody that can get under a sin, it's going to be Brandon Hagel and or Nick Paul. Ooh, and I feel yep. like Nick Paul is going to bring a little bit more physicality out of Alex Kalorn. You see that if Killer's on a certain line with people, he can kind of body up and forecheck, work somebody along the boards and still get involved in the ozone action. We've seen it depending on who he's playing with and who his line mate is. And I think Nick Paul could actually be that guy that helps Killer get a little bit more of a physical edge there. But Andersley, keep an eye out on him. Also on face-off percentage, success starts in the circle. I will repeat it over and over again 57.1 percent is where Anders Lee is a huge contributor to this team on face-offs next up and I would probably almost beg to say that this guy is more important to keep an eye on than Anders Lee it's going to be your right wing Oliver Wallstrom mm -hmm. Oliver has only played in three or four games but in his three games he has three goals one assist four points plus three so this is a huge offensive generator for the New York Islanders, nine shots on goal, 30.3 shooting percentage. And that's only with 12, 20 time on ice. 
And he's 66.7% in that face-off circle. This is a kid who can be problematic, who can cause some issues if guys on defense don't know how to completely go off in front of and protect a guy like Bassey. I'm thinking it's going to be Bassey in the net versus the Islanders for sure, because they also have very strong goaltending, if you will, um, two really top goaltenders that can switch in there. The next guy, when it comes to those forward units is Brock Nelson. And then Matt Barzell actually sits um, number six on one of the most problematic players on his team. And then a quick pivot for, as you said, they have to bring the speed if they are going to keep this New York Islanders team on their heels and uh, get some goals in there, right? So it's going to be nope. defensemen Noah Dobson and Robin Salo and Scott Mayfield that they're going to have to get in between, fluster, set up, and completely, completely keep on their heels. You got Noah Dobson, though, who actually sits third statistically for this New York Islanders team. Two goals, two assists, four points, plus one. One power play goal, 15 shots on goal in 22 minutes on ice. So he's somebody who's going to be out there a lot. You're going to see him kind of shuffling in between a few different lines and helping push that puck forward to give his team so many opportunities. But I've been the weirdo who's like, hey, the more offensively the defense is involved, the more of a chance people have. Their defense likes to get involved offensively. Uh, and it starts with Noah Dobson there. Uh, Salo is another one. While he's more of just two goals, two points, plus one, four power or four penalty minute time, somebody else here that you can kind of fluster a reaction out of to get on that power play. Because if nothing else, this is where the team has actually thrived the most this season, even though they did st sit statistically high in power play success last season. So a couple guys to keep an eye on. They're definitely the, the biggest thing that I would say is this New York Islanders team. They're problematic from top to bottom in terms of trying to get goals um, and score. So you said it, Kaylee, if they come out fast, number one, which we hear Coach Cooper say this all the time, but they also, you know, redundantly have to play three periods of hockey. There's not one team they play this weekend, especially the New York Islanders on Saturday. They can let off the gas at any point and won't be punished for it. No, you can't. Defensively, you really have to be sound and you have to, like I said at the very beginning, really protect that area. And Casey, I love that you gave some of those, some of those uh, problematic players because something that's very interesting about this team is they've actually had a lot of blender action going on. They have had a ton of different line combinations because I think that they're still trying to figure things out a little bit offensively. And this is where I'm going to bring in some stats. So like I said before, the lightning, their shots haven't been falling as much. They have five goals for but the expected goals for is almost 10. The Islanders, it's the exact opposite. Their goals have been falling even when maybe they shouldn't have been. So they have 11 goals for right now, but the expected goal is closer to eight and a half. Wow. So what does that mean? This is a team that is still figuring things out offensively, which is also why I think that they're putting their blinds in a little bit of a blender take advantage, take advantage of what this team is lacking and really push the play on your end. So shut down their lines because they're still trying to gain that chemistry. They're still trying to figure it out. And some of their shots have fallen even when they shouldn't have fallen for this lightning team. That means this defense really needs to take advantage, protect that area right in front of the net, because this is an Islanders team that will use that to their benefit. So you have to protect that area. 
Um, but this is a team that looks better on the score sheet than they actually have been on paper. Statistically, it's just not adding up. So hopefully this weekend, the, the shots start to fall for the lightning. Yes. Fall away from the Islanders in this game specifically. And I'm also glad you said that too, Kaylee, because Kaylee and I have been discussing, I think like the last two weeks now, and we want to hear from you guys, Pucks and Bolts fans. We do have the at Pucks and Bolts account on Twitter now. So be sure to head over there and give a follow as well as to at Kaylee Mizell and at the sports case. That's K-A-S-E. With that said, do you guys watching the game prefer the eye test? Or do you lean into statistics? Or do you try to find um, the the sweet spot of both? You know what I mean? I test in comparison to statistics. And uh, kind of the last let off of, of Kaylee's statistics there and definitely something to keep an eye on when it comes to this Islanders matchup is Kaylee mentioned defense. You can't let up. You have to play strong. And surprisingly, through the first couple of games, your defensive leaders were Hedman and Chernak, no surprise there. But now your defensive leaders are Mikhail Sergachev with two assists, two points, and Footy. Cal Foot is starting to find his stride on this team, and um, it's something that you love to see because eventually he's going to have to be looked at as a veteran presence probably sooner rather than later, and he's starting to rack up the ice time with a little over 18 minutes total. Flurry comes in next, and then Cole, and weirdly, it's it's Eric Chernak that sits at the bottom now heading into the Sunrise game before hosting the Islanders here at Amelie Arena. So another thing that defense needs to do while they're trying to figure out these new pairings, get that chemistry, get that communication correct in front of Vasilevsky or the Moose, if you will. Um, New York's power play percentage is 8.3. It's abysmal. They see 28th in the league versus the Tampa Bay Lightning that are projected to head into this matchup at 33.3%. Um, also, penalty kill-wise is where they're the strongest. They sit third in the league. So if the Tampa Bay Lightning try to draw in those penalties and go on the power play often, they're going to be putting themselves in a situation where they're going to be very challenged. So that's where Kaylee's point from the last Pucks and Bolts episode comes in and says even strength needs to get mm -hmm. even stronger if yep. you will um they also they they edge the lightning when it comes to that face-off percentage um they edge the lightning on goals for and they edge the lightning on goals against so just a couple more things to keep in mind before the tampa bay lightning hosts the new york islanders in amelie arena and hopefully have themselves a great great weekend and rack up those points it's time to get back in the plus column for this team a team that we know is filled with quality and I will continue to say regardless of their results a hockey town that is hosting one of the best hockey teams a hundred percent I cannot agree with you more retweet 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 one last thing as they do face off against the Islanders Scott Mayfield is actually a defender that this lightning offense needs to run down he was on the ice for 15 of the scoring chances against and only contributed to three scoring chances for. So he's a guy that you're going to be able to take advantage of. Yeah. And so, Casey, as we get into this weekend, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for listening, Pucks and Bolts fans. I'm Kaylee Weinzel. This is Casey Hudson. You can follow us at Pucks and Bolts on Twitter. Be sure to do that, and we will catch you next time.
2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.